buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to The Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales change makers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. What is happening, sales hustlers? Welcome to another episode. I'm super excited. We got some fun topics for you. We'll keep it tactical as always. I'm going to be talking with GB. She's the sales development manager at Gong. And uh, GB has worked her way into sales development leadership, currently overseeing a team of SDRs at Gong.io. She's also the host of the SDR Hotline on LinkedIn Live and the co-host of the Women in Sales Club on Clubhouse. GB, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing awesome. I know we're going to have a ton of fun. We were just uh, planning out some pretty exciting topics here. So uh, before we get to the good stuff, just give us the short version of your sales story. Ooh, my sales story. So I think it all started mm-hmm. off with uh, I was uh, I was living in Paris, France for a couple of years. Uh, right mm-hmm. after I graduated college, I like realized, wow, I'm never going to make a living here. So I came back to the States with like no monies, one suitcase Mm. and one dog. And I was like, I got to make something happen. So I kind of thought through where I'd want to be in my career, had figured out like a CEO is a good place to start or a good, a good aspiration to have. And so when I did my research, like some of the roles that really popped out to me as far as where CEOs typically start their, uh, their journey was in sales. So like, that's how I started. I was like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the CEO of my own business. And I feel like that's one of the big things that you hear in sales is like, you're, you're the CEO of your territory. You're the CEO of your book of business. So yeah, that's what led me to sales. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to be the founder of a company or CEO, like I think sales is the most important skill out of anything else. Um, I think there's a lot of people that think they can have or build the best product, but if you can't sell that product, you're not going to go very far. Yeah. Or if you don't know what products are sellable. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, there's so yeah. much. Yeah, that's so a good like, point. Oh, I have this amazing product. It's wonderful. I freaking love it. And you're like, well, who wants to buy it? Not nobody or their mother. It's like, oh, well, that's cute. Well, maybe their mother and then that's it. <laughs> maybe their mother and that's it. And that's not saying a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, normally it's like family and friends who are the toughest on your stuff. So <laughs> So where did you get your first uh, sales role and what were you doing? Yeah. So my first sales role, I was a sales development representative at a company called Cloudward. So uh, it was all about global translation management. And um, and so, I yeah, I started in that role in 2015. 
and did really well. I was like, oh, wow, I can actually be really good at something. And as much as I put into my job, I can get out of it in terms of the outcomes and and my variable compensation. And I, I think I also was really, really curious about how can I operationalize my own success too. So that, that was kind of, I think, the initial initial interest in, that led me to becoming a manager or a leader in sales anyways. Mm, okay. And so now, now, now you're at Gong, like it just, I'm curious, is there anything that you learned early on that just kind of really sticks with you that kind of like molded you as, you know, uh, as a salesperson, as a sales leader? Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe there's a, there's probably some really great stuff that I learned right at the beginning of when I got into sales. I, I also think there's a lot of stuff that I learned outside of sales, just in life in general that, shape my attitude when I was entering into sales. So I had started working in sales when I was, uh, I was about to turn 25. Um, mm-hmm. I'd also, I mean, I, was, I said I was, I was living in Paris. I was hustling there, but I was also married to this terrible, terrible human being. He's probably a fine person, terrible husband though. Um, it like very, very mean, very cynical, very narcissistic kind of person. And, and so he was the kind of person who I felt like tried to strip away or try to make me forget all the best pieces of myself. So when I came back to the US, I was very much like, I need to rebuild, I need to prove things to myself, right? Like I can't, I can't continue my life with this with this thought or with this mentality of like, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. I'm not deserving. Like I need to put myself in a position where I can actually be successful because I believe that I am successful. So for me, I think the initial part was, and I kind of call this an FU mindset. Like for me, I was like, I don't want, I don't want to leave any doubts on the table for anybody to say, Oh, Hey, like she's not good enough or she's not trying hard enough, or she doesn't have the work ethic. And I think, and so, you know, I I give the example of the relationship that I had with my ex-husband, but that's also an energy. Like there was an, there was a very similar energetic signature that was happening even prior to that. So when I was playing basketball or volleyball in high school and college, I always, I always felt as though I was very much overlooked, right? And there was always some reason that somebody gave as to why I wasn't deserving of, of playing time. And it was always like, oh, you're not working hard enough. I'm like, I just scored the most points. What are you talking about? I'm not working hard enough. So I, I think I've just had experiences in life that led me to the conclusion that, hey, listen, I really have to like step up and show out forever and always in order to get what I'm deserving of. So that to me was the mentality that I really came into sales with. And then when I, and then, you know, there was the piece of, I have no money. <laughs> like I like living in my uncle's basement, um, which was not the, like the best situation or was not the best arrangement. And I was like, I got I have to make this work. Like there is no such thing as this not working. So I went out and I sought mentorship and I saw it like for help and guidance. And, and I think it was this, again, this mindset of, I'm going to be successful. I'm going to be the best. I'm going to come in. Like nobody's going to have a single, like not a single doubt about me. And it drove me to go and find people who I think could really help me be able to um, realize the aspirations that I had for myself, which was I wanted to be the top rep on the team, like, like by far the top person on the team. So there was things that I learned from those mentors, right? That I think, again, they're like, Hey, listen, here's the fun of sales. And you told me I can cuss. So I'm going to cuss. Yeah, right. go for it. But like one of one of the big lessons that I learned uh, from, um, so the guy, his name is Derek. He's actually 
like my mom's cousin's husband kind of thing. And he, yeah. he's a business development executive um, at, a, at a very large company that we all know. I don't want to name him by name because he might get in trouble. But like, I remember <laughs> I, I went and I, I went to go and have, I went and had lunch with him. And this is in the first month on the job. And I was like, hey, yeah. Derek, I got into sales. Um, I really want to do really well. Like, you know, what do you, like, what should I, what do I need to know? So there was little things that he would, he would share with me, right? Every time we met up for lunch, this one lesson he shared with me, he goes, don't tell anybody I told you this, please. But here's, here's what you got to know. It's, it's a yes until it's a no with the prospects, right? Like when we're, we're cold calling, we're asking mm-hmm. for new business, we were coming out or calling out of the blue. He's like, it's a yes until it's a no. It even still, it's a yes until it's a fuck no. And at least mm-hmm. then you know what you're working with. So I was like, oh, so, you know, when I think about this in, in the grand scheme of like cold calling or prospecting, it's, yeah. all right, I'm probably going to get a bunch of no's and I can find a yes eventually, but there are going to be the folks that I come across and it's an absolute hard stop, get the fuck out of here, no. Yeah. And at least then I know, okay, this is probably not a good account to go after, but that's now yeah. I know. Now we both know. I'll leave you alone, Colin. I'll see you later. So, um, yeah, so, I love that because uh, there's 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 two types of no's, right? There's like a no with a good reason or a no without a reason. And a no without a reason yeah. is still a possible yes. And yeah. even, and you talked a lot about mindset, which I love, which is kind of the topic that we're really going to jam out on today. Mm-hmm. You even called it mindset of a sales hustler. So we'll probably yes. name the episode that. But um, so no without a reason or not yes. a fuck no, <laughs> right? Is still, there's still some, there's still some possible opportunity there. Um, and then what I like to tell folks too, is like, even like that, that hard no, mm-hmm. that's a good outcome. Mm-hmm. A lot know. of people take that as like, ah, oh, and they take that energy or that negative negativity into the next call. And then you hear it in their tone and, and all of that. And then they just keep getting a bunch of, you know, hard no's, right? Yeah. So a hard no, you got to shift your mindset there. A hard no, that's a good thing, right? Because you're working a list, you're working a, a market, you're working whatever you, whatever your list is, whatever that looks like, refining that list, mm-hmm. you know, chopping out those getting, you know, uh, weeding out those hard no's is, you know, refining the list so you can find more of the, the yeses or more of the, eh, maybe not, you know, no, maybe eventually a yes. Yeah. I mean, I would rather know from the get go that it's never going to be a fit. Yeah. Because I was like, I'm going to follow up with you. I will call you. I will nurture you. Like I will bust my ass to make sure that, we're mm-hmm. like we are able to identify a need, a problem, a pain, and provide value, assuming that we actually can. So I'm like I'm I'm hell bent on that. So if you let me know, like it's never going to be a yes, absolutely not. And if you reach out to me one more time, I will call your boss, the authorities. I'll yeah. submit you to the can spam police, yeah. whatever else it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, word, respect, appreciate it. I'll leave you alone. Yeah. For a few months, yeah. but I'll check back just to make sure it's still enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 the thing is, I think so many people can get no's yes. and give up so easily without without that sort of mindset of prospecting. Um, you know, because oh, not interested. That that's not a hard no. 
It's not a hard no. Not interested is not a hard no. That's like you probably caught them at a bad time. They're just not really up for taking your call right now. Mm -hmm. You didn't do a good job in your messaging or what you said. Um, That's not a hard no. Call those people back, please. Call them back, yes. Yes. No, that's big time. I... One of the things, kind of making it maybe a little bit more tactical, practical right now, one of the things that I'm doing is um, there's a really, there's a, there is potentially a really big opportunity to optimize what we're doing, right? So like in in the segment that I'm in, we're going after companies that have uh, an employee base of no more than 250 people, right? Small, medium-sized businesses. And Mm -hmm. even within like, even within that segment, there's so many different like, there's so many different like archetypes of, of, or, uh, of companies, right? So you can have like the little mom and pop shops that are never going to grow. You're going to have like the seed, like no, the, the seed funded startups. You're going to have like the series A, B startups, right? They're going to be, they're preparing themselves to, to scale, right? To get up into a mid market base. So like one of the things that I'm, I'm realizing like, all right, Hey, we have a huge book of accounts. We have all these different like company personas within there as well. And we're like running through these things, but are we actually taking the time to look through like, where are we getting connects and where are we getting responses? And like, rather than mm. trying to figure out like, all right, how do I take this 1100 book, like this, this book of 1100 accounts, where can I actually get my quota from? And like, how many accounts do I need to work? It's like, just go to the people you've already talked to. Like for the people who gave you a soft, no, a not interested, they gave you an objection and you did not handle it. Like that is going to be like, those are going to be the companies and those are going to be the prospects that will get you to hitting your quota. Right. So like you've had an initial, you've had an initial touch point on them one time. Right. Like what I'll, what I'm doing now is I'm going through every single call that my team has had where we disposition CC interested, like call connected, interested call connected, no band. I'm going through, like we, we leverage outreach. So I'm using their um, email response sentiment reports and I'm going through like literally every single objection. I'm like, we have, I'm like, I've reviewed a hundred calls and 75 of them to me are still yeses Mm. and we have not followed up. Right. So like, we're we're talking about how do I hit my quota? I'm only at 50% of my quota. I'm like, here's like, here, here's a list of 10. If you have a conversation with them and you handle these objections, well, that is a meeting. Sure. Yeah. I even saw, uh, I don't know. Do you follow Jake Dunlap? Yeah, I do. He put a post out like, I don't know, a couple weeks ago and he was like saying, let's even stop calling them objections and just call them questions, right? That's a good Because it kind of shifts the mindset like, okay, an objection is like something that I got to combat, right? Or I got to have that rebuttal, mm-hmm. right? Where like, they just got a question. They're unsure. They're unsure. Mm-hmm. So let's help them get sure to get to a yes. So there's two things that I have for this. Uh one, there's like some quote that I, I think I came across. I don't think I made this up, but simply put, it says objections are, are simply requests for further information. Mm. So we need All to right, figure we'll just out. We'll give like, you credit for that. Uh, I'll take it. it sure. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I remember, I remember like I have it in a presentation from like 2016 or 2017. I was like, I don't know where I got this from, but I, I like that was, I remember being in an interview and I was like, this is a mindset. I was like, objections yeah. are, are simply requests for further information. <clears throat> so, I mean, even in how like, I, me personally, I'm like, I, I don't necessarily need to say it's an objection or it's a question or it's a request for further information. For me, it's all about the approach afterwards. If you feel like you have to combat someone, then of course you're always going to be at war. But for mm-hmm. my, and I'm like, I love when I get objections. I was like, you're talking to me, right? You could have hung up the phone. 
if you really didn't want to talk, you would have hung up the phone. If you really didn't want to listen, like we still would not be, there would be no talk time, the end. So the fact that you're willing to respond to me and like respond to a question that I'm asking, Mm. you're engaged. So like my job here is just to keep you engaged. So if the thing that you want to talk about is how you're not interested, okay, cool. Like walk me through that. Do you, are, do you have a solution in place? Are you not involved in this, in this process that we're talking about here? Oh no, I am involved. Okay, cool. Well tell me, tell, okay, you're involved in this. What's your involvement, right? Like, okay, we have this objection. Let me just, let me just hold space for it. You want Mm. me to pay attention to it? Cool. I'm going to pay attention to this moment because if I can pay attention to what's going on, like if I get the first four layers, like this is all like the frontal stuff, right? This is the most immediate thing. It's another tip that I learned, right? When I was, when I was first in SDR, it's like people can only focus on seven things at a time, truly, really and truly. So like, that's why we have, this is what the VP of sales at the time told me anyways. It's like, this is why we have a seven digit phone number system, right? People can only remember seven things at a time. So our job is really to not dismiss the top seven things, but to work them through so that we can actually get to the latent pains that are after the seventh thing. So even for mine, I'm like, if I need to get seven objections before I actually get to the heart of the matter, cool. I was like, it takes time. Yeah. I was like, yes, yeah. like I'm, 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 but I'm also, I also recognize for the style that I had of, of cold calling, cold, like prospecting, things like that, engaging, building a relationship. I wasn't, I was sincerely curious. I was like, okay, cool. Like you're, you think you're all set or you say you're all set. Walk me through that. Some people, oh no, you can't be set. You don't have our technology. I'm like, maybe your technology fucking sucks. Mm. Like maybe they really are all set. So from my end, I'm like, okay, cool. You are all set. I'm going to take my salesperson hat off right now. And I really, more than anything else, I'm super curious about what, like what people are doing in the market to address this specific problem that our solution addresses. So there's a better way of doing it. I really want to know. So can you walk me through like how you're approaching this and like, what's led you to use this specific methodology, this specific process, whatever else it is. Because again, if I'm like, Hey, my job is to deliver value and my solution doesn't do that, then I would not be doing my job forcing you to move forward in the process. Like, yeah, that's a so you're saying like lean into it. So many people oh, are trying I to lean all the yeah. way. People are trying to skip past it or you know combat it, right? Or or so many people will just even give up when they get that all set, not interested. We have a like all these common things that people mm-hmm. say to just like get rid of you. And most people, I don't know if they don't have the confidence or they don't have the mindset to just like lean into it. Lean in. What's the worst that like? I, I think there's. I don't even know if it's, um, I think the piece that gets in the way is, and I don't even, I don't necessarily like the term like commission breath, but I think what gets in the way is people are so like, they think that things are supposed to happen in a very linear process Mm -hmm. that I give you a call. I give you the pitch. I ask you my qualification questions. And if you're qualified, then we're booking a meeting, the end. I'm like, you are not deserving of a meeting salesperson. Because mm-hmm. you are only following what matters to you and your manager and your qualification criteria. You have not demonstrated that you sincerely care about what's going on on the prospect's end. So why in the world, why in the world would they actually say, hey, listen, I'm going to follow your process because it would benefit you and help you help you hit your quota. It's not about you as a salesperson. And I think this is also the piece that might be really, really helpful Kevin Dorsey like put up a post this past week or so, 
and he talked about like if if one of the reasons that you're afraid of calling is because you're afraid of what you sound like or whatever, then you've mm. already messed you're already messing up because you're more worried about yourself than you are about what's going on in the prospective client's world. And like again, my and this is what I learned from the mentor Derek, right? He's like, we are not selling products, we are not selling services, we are not selling like we're we are selling value. So we need to know what's valuable to the people that we're talking to. Otherwise, we are not doing our jobs. So like that to me was like that. And again, I learned that at the very, very beginning of when I first got into sales. So I'm like, we have to we have to do the discovery. We have to do the work to understand what's valuable to them. I think only then can we actually start to say, I think we have a solution for you. Right. Like does everything that you just shared with me is exactly why something like Gong exists to be able to do exactly what you just said you want to do. And I would love to, like, I'd love to get your feedback. Like, I don't even want to say, Hey, listen, I'm going to show you all the buttons and all the features and like running through the platform. I want to get your feedback on like, on on honestly, just based on what you're saying, sounds like there's a fit. I want to get your feedback first. Let's get your feedback. Then we can, then we can move forward. So I'm very much like, Hey, listen, I'm going to lean in all the way in. I'm going to tune what you're saying to me. Cause I think even in that, what it can start to demonstrate is I can tell this person something. They're going to hold space for it, right? They're going to actually listen to me. And when I'm getting ready to make this next step, I know it's going to be the most tailored experience to what is most relevant to me as a person and the professional that I am at the company that I'm employed at. Yeah. And there's a couple of key things you said, like you were gen- you, you, gen- being genuinely curious. And for some people that might not come natural, right? So how do they, how do they build that muscle? Because being curious to, and being willing to ask those questions and actually care and not just pretend like you care, you know, it doesn't come natural for everybody. Mm. One of the things I noticed for myself, I think the first part is under, <sighs> there's a lot of like self-awareness that I, that mm. I think has to come into play. So from like, so for my end, when I was, you know, when I first started up in, in sales, the SDR at CloudWords, um, I looked at the technology and I was like, oh, this is cool. Like I was already doing like digital marketing classes on my own. I was, you know, having lived in Paris and I was actually doing like translation work as well. And I knew how difficult and how expensive it could be just on like, just for me as an individual. So I started to think about, okay, well, I just needed to get my birth certificate translated so I can get my visa and it, co- and it cost me so much money. So like how much money is it costing these corporations to like deploy content on the regular across the mm-hmm. entire globe? I was like, oh my gosh, I couldn't even imagine. So for me, I think the first part was I was already interested in this stuff. I think I was already personally impacted by some of these things as well. And so I already, I just had a genuine interest in the practice in the, in, in the process to begin with. And I've been at organizations where I did not care about the practice. I did not care about the process. Like I tried to get into DevOps and cloud computing. And I was like, I, I, I don't care the end. Right. But like, I do care about sales process. I do care about sales methodology. I do care about how do we optimize and enable our sales team. Like that's like, those are all the business books that I have. Like those are all the things that I'm invested in. So it makes a lot of sense for me to be at Gong. And so then I'm like, this is just part of my flow anyways. I would be doing this whether I've worked at this company or not. So I think the first part comes from make sure that when you go to a company, like if you can, because I recognize people got bills to pay, but it's like have an eye, right? Like have an eye for things that you can actually get invested into. Like 
if you are not interested, not just in your company, but in the, in the, uh, but the customer that your company's service and support, if you're not interested mm-hmm. in those company in those, in those, uh, in those customers, you're probably not interested in the company that you're going to go work for because that's your entire world as a customer. So I think there's an assumption of like, you have to be customer centric. Right. Um, and the second part is like, you, you be aware of what you're naturally more inclined to be interested in. And if there are technology or companies out there where that can be your world for eight to 12 hours a day, then, then it becomes a lot easier to go. I'm really excited about reading these case studies and these, and these customer stories. Right, because I, I want to be a customer expert. I, I'm, I'm ge- like I'm just genuinely curious because I've taken the time to figure out what I'm interested in and what I want to spend again, like twelve hours a day doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even getting f- trying to f- see if you it, it, do you get excited about whatever the value is that you're yes. bringing to people, right? Like, I think so many people end up, you know, taking a job just because they got to pay bills, but. Yeah. Be a little more selective. Be a little bit more selective if you can, right? Mm-hmm. I get it. Might be hard for some people, but uh, but it matters because it's going to make a big difference of you know your level of success. Yeah, level of success, and also I think like the quality of your work, all of it together. I've been yeah, I've been I've been reflecting on it. Yeah, I take my t- like I'll go out and I'll walk my dog or I'll walk around the block, and that's usually my time to like really think through things. And, and, and again, I'm, I'm reflecting on something I heard from, uh, KD, but he had, he had said something in one of his trainings where he goes, there are some people who worked harder for their high school basketball team than they do in their work, like as professionals. Mm -hmm. And I, and I grew up playing basketball and volleyball competitively. Like I was a two sport athlete all year long. Um, and and I was like, it is so much work to play club ball, to play cl- like basketball or volleyball. It's so much work, so much dedication, so much travel. Yeah. I was like, I mean, I was uh, I was at practice at 545 in the morning for my volleyball practice. You know, at high school, I have school from 830 to 330 that I'm in practice again. Right. For volleyball. No, but it's even like, more than that. It's a whole lifestyle. Like you're, you know, li- you're eating so properly, you're yes. sleeping properly, you're taking care of your body. I was, like I was not doing you know. all of that. I should have been. <laughs> no, like, but I, no, but like, I, I think like, yeah. I think about the people that I played ball against, whether it's volleyball or basketball and people are in the WNBA or they're playing for the national team or in the, like there's one chick who's in the Olympics. And I was like, so they were eating properly, sleeping properly. They were, yes. Yeah. I was like, but I was like, I, but yeah, I knew their hustle and I was like, I don't want to do that hustle. Like I want to hang out. I want to eat hot Cheetos. I want to listen to music videos. Like I want to be the cool kids and whatever. So for like, again, like from my end, I think there were so many, this gets back to what I kind of share. Like there were so many times that I left so much room for doubt, mm. right? Where people can go question, she's not fully committed right? She doesn't have the work ethic. She doesn't have the discipline. And those were the things that was like, there's a lot of feedback that I got in sports when I was younger. So like coming into sales, I think this is a piece of like, like, what are you going to commit to every single day? And if you know, you're not going to commit to it every single day, right? Like, is it, are you okay with that? <laughs> Number one, mm-hmm. for, like, you know, and, and, and maybe you but, are, and if that's you, you that's cool. But right? I think the, the next question is like, 
okay, cool. So you're not committed to it and you're okay with that. Is your lack of commitment or is your gap in commitment going to actually get you to the places that you want to be when you want to get there? And I think that's the piece for me that I had to answer like this past, like, yeah, this past year or so where I was like, again, I like listened to Katie talk about it. And I was like, you know what, Katie is so freaking right. And I have this moment, like I'm listening to gong calls on my day off. I'm like, I am committed to the success of my team and we're not there yet. And I will do whatever it takes morally and ethically sound to solutioneer this. The end. So I'm like, there's going to be zero doubts that I'm not busting my ass and upskilling myself and getting better at my job and, and reinforcing that same mindset and attitude with my team, right? Like you're, I'm just not going to leave any doubts on the table ever again. So that, that to me is what I mean by like, we, we have, we have to be committed. We also have to figure out like, what are going to be the things that we can actually commit to? It's like a diet, right? Like, or an, mm-hmm. a workout routine. If I don't like this workout routine, I'm not going to do it every day. So I need to go yeah. figure out what is the workout routine that I, that I want to do every day or five days a week. Yeah. Yeah. And so something you said earlier, what I want to kind of circle back to, right? So like you said, you're listening, you're listening to gone calls on your day off, right? As yeah. part of that commitment. Um, but then something that I wanted to circle back to is like, you know, helping your team hit quota is, you know, going through those calls or those records or those, you know, that were maybe not interested or whatever the case is. Right. And, and it ha- showed some level of interest that never got followed up with. And there's so much yeah. opportunity there. So much. Yeah. And I love to approach those, um, people in that, you know, in that status, it's just like go go back to them and like genuinely be curious and act for some, ask for some feedback, and when you do that, you actually be surprised what happened. Yes, it, right. It all got, yeah, the feedback piece always, forever and always. If I, yeah, reflecting back to being in the front line seat and and calling people like right, get an email response or had a call and the person was like, no, not interested. Right, mm-hmm. call them back. Whenever, like whatever, if it's a couple days, a couple weeks afterwards, and like, hey, Colin, it's Gabrielle. I know, listen, I know you told me that you're not interested, and I'm not trying mm-hmm. to tell you anything. I'm really, just really curious to get your feedback more than anything else. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just, like to, I like to even say, hey, you know, we, we, uh, we had some conversations previously. For whatever reason, we may not have earned your trust, and, and I'm just curious, you know, what could we have done better? Ooh, yeah, I love that. And they might just say, and they might say, you know what, your salesperson was just relentless, man. They, <laughs> they didn't listen to me. I wasn't ready, right? You might get some feedback like that, or they might say, you know, uh, actually, we're really looking at this right now, and we just had some other mm-hmm. projects, and that happens more often than you think. But yes. so many people are scared to follow up with those deals that didn't go the way that they wanted to them, or in that linear path that they think they're supposed to. I think there's, I've been hearing this a lot more of like people not wanting to sound salesy. They're like, I don't want to be the salesy. And I, a week ago I was like, Oh, I get you. But now I'm like, no, like I'm a salesperson. I am <laughs> right. But again, like I was like the, the piece of there's a difference between, Hey Colin, I've got this thing. You got to buy it. And you're like, no, it's like, well, you're mm-hmm. dumb. Click. Right. Like on to the next one, just have that attitude the whole time the way that I think about this for me is uh, I was was talking to like the director, the senior director over here at Gong for sales development. And I was telling, I was like, I know I was like, I'm a learner. I love to learn. So if I just come in 
honestly just like I'm just here to learn. Like that's my attitude more often than not is this is a, this is a learning opportunity for me. And so I really want to learn like, what does it take to earn mm-hmm. your trust? Right. Like, you know, using what you had shared, yeah. like I, I really want to learn like, what does it take to earn your trust? Like, can you walk me through? Like, it doesn't even have to be like a sales yeah. call. I'm like, I just want to get feedback, right? Not going to yeah. try and pitch you anything. I won't, I'm not going to try and get you in a demo, but what, you know, I'm selling like we're selling to salespeople, like salesperson to salesperson, what would you have done differently? Or like, what did the, the mm. last person that you bought from, what did they demonstrate, right? That led you to feeling comfortable enough to, to commit to the next steps. So if we come in, again, just genuinely curious rather than being selfishly focused on, I need to hit my quota and whoever isn't helping me hit my quota right now doesn't matter. I think that's selfish. That's that's not being, like that to me is not the, when I think of a salesperson in our job, it, like our job, we're selling value. That's not selling value. It's kind of it's kind of a funny concept, right? By like not focusing on what you're trying to go, what you're tr- where you're trying to go, or the goal you're trying to hit. By not focusing on that, you'll actually get there. Yeah, a hundred percent. I try and break things out for folks. Like I'm like, all right, hey, so if we're looking at it as you call, you send an email, you send a LinkedIn thing, then then the meeting happens. Like I have one person on my team's like, I did 14 calls today, but no one answered. <laughs> And well, I was like, they, yeah, that's, ex- that's exactly what's If you keep doing 14 calls, you're not going to have a job for very long. But <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, like I, I, I did, I did minimal effort and nothing yielded results. I'm like, well, okay. So that's when we start bringing up stats, right? And again, this, things that I got introduced to, I was so lucky. I was so fortunate, honestly, because uh, maybe it was like the third day on the job of being an SDR or maybe the first day, whenever it was. And my bo- the boss that, at the time that I had, his name is Dan. And he comes back and he's got a poster of the insidesales.com stat. Well, now it's Zan, right? But all the yeah. stats of how many how many touches it takes to actually get contact with someone. At the time, it was like 12 to 16. So it's like, you're going to have to call this person 12 to 16 times before you ever get a connect. And even when you do get a connect, it's going to take somewhere between two and three connects, conversations before we book a meeting. I was like, all right, cool. So this is the work I have to do. The end. People are, oh, no, like, they didn't respond back to me over email right away. Yeah. I was like, it's going to be okay. Get you, you, you still got like 16, 16 times three more touches to go. Most people won't even make it to the 16 touches, unfortunately. And that's where people can start to stand out. Like if we talk about different, I think there's so many, there's some times where I wonder if we're making sales way too, uh, um, like there's all these tools that are coming out and being like, you know, all about analytics and things like that. And, and sometimes I, at least this is what I'm observing is we, we become so, so focused on analyzing things as human beings that we, we paralyze ourselves. So mm-hmm. it's like, rather than like, they're like, all right, I need to find out all this information before I call someone. And I was like, no, you don't know the persona, right? Have like, have an idea of like, if and how we can be valuable, just form a theory, have an educated guess as to what they're going to be interested in real briefly, and then test out your theory on them. Don't make assumptions, yeah. right? Yeah. But like, know that you're testing a theory every single every single time that you call someone, and it's going to be okay. Like, if you either your theory is wrong or it's right for this person, in the end, right? But like, you don't need to become a private detective to make a call. Yeah, yeah, 
I mean, conversations are just too dynamic. Like you could do a ton of research and you don't know what's going to come up in the conversation. Mm. All that research could not help you at all. Yeah, that's the piece. I was, yeah, yeah. I, was, I realized I'm like, we have like nine minutes left and I'm like, I could go, I can go on. <laughs> <laughs> I go on about it. I was like, listen, if you know, like I said, like if we if we know the problems, but we know the people, right? We have some some understanding of like what, right? Because even when I think about values, like it could maybe it's a problem, maybe it's a challenge, maybe it's an opportunity to take advantage of. So, yeah. like let's let's go and figure out what are they trying to do right now? Where are they at? And what is this person responsible for for whatever they're focusing on? If we start there, right, we could probably have a really solid conversation and we can actually start to learn if, right, if something that we provide is valuable to them. And then if, if it is, then we can start to tailor the how versus we're going to try and overload everybody on the front end of the call and mm. lose and just completely lose them. It's like, ah, there's too much information here. I'm going to shut down. Bye. Yeah. Not interested. Yeah, yeah. Or they just check out, stop listening anyway. Oh, I check out. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's, it's, it's again, I'm like, you know, listening to calls and when people are like, can you just get to it already? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. You got to start fast forwarding it. <laughs> get, yes. When are they going to finally get to what we're trying to do here? Yeah. I think this is the piece of, um, there, yeah, there could be there. I yeah, I could have a whole a whole day, a whole clubhouse day on this about it's like this the speed to identifying value, right? Mm. It's and it's like right if we do our research, we can start to plug that in throughout the conversation. We don't have to overload the conversation on the front end of things. If anything, I'm like if it's taking us four minutes on a cold call that lasts five minutes to actually find the piece that we can like hook on, right? That's going to be valuable to that. It's like, we're not really giving ourselves a lot of time to optimize for the time that we have on the call. So like, if we can actually get that nugget in the first minute versus the fourth minute. So give it to us. What does that look like? So the way that I've done this in the past, and this is what, I, this is what I've done. I continue to do the way that I, get, I got introduced to cold calls or uh, launch mm -hmm. a cold call um, was you have an introduction, Right. Hey, Colin, this is Gabrielle from Gong, right? Like we would say on a recorded line because we have to. Um, the next part is relevance. So this is, this, is, uh, this is why I'm reaching out to you. I have a value drop. This is why you should stay on the phone with me. And then mm -hmm. I have my launch, which is I want to ask you a question to create a dialogue. Because like, like, if I'm just talking at you, that's not a conversation. That's not a meaningful conversation. I'm not going to learn anything from you. So what this looks like in action is like, uh, if granted, when I did this, I didn't, I didn't ask, how are you doing? I didn't ask people had time. I've changed that a little bit, but I go, Hey, Colin, this is Gabrielle from Gong. Uh, mm -hmm. let's do some research. Notice that you are doing some research on your company. Notice that you're, you're heading up a sales team over there. Um, it might be involved in how you're improving sales performance. We have a solution at Gong that actually makes this process a lot easier and faster. I was just really curious. How are you going about this today? Or help me understand how are you doing this today? I, I, I don't need you to know anything about how our features and our functions work. I don't need to talk you through. Uh, I don't need to walk through a product manual. I really just want to learn. Number one, are you doing something like this today? And two, if you are, how are you going about it? 
Because I believe we have something that's going to be really a lot. I don't say this to them, but like in the back of my head, I'm saying people are already doing this process, but they're not optimizing or they're not maximizing. And that's really where Gong can come in. So let me learn first about how they're approaching this today and try and see if there are, if there's an actual use case of like, we can actually optimize or maximize or streamline. Hmm. And in that framework there, you're opening up to have a conversation, right? That's it. And so many people want to get to just pitching mm-hmm. and getting a yes, pitching and getting a yes. And the goal there is different. It's not to get a yes. It's just to have a conversation. Like so many people think they like, everybody should do business with me. And here's my linear process of getting them there. And that's not the case. The goal is to have conversations with people and see who makes sense and who doesn't. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. Because otherwise like the, the, the other model of it is, um, and the gong gods might get me because we are very much like a Sandler focused place, but it's, it could be like, Hey Colin, it's Gabrielle over at, like over at gong, on a recorded line, how are you doing today? Then people go, what? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you asking me how I'm doing today? Um, yeah. and then you don't care like, how I'm doing. Yeah. Oh, I don't. I, people are like, why don't you like? Why don't you ask people how they're doing today? I'm like, because I, I, I don't care. Yeah. They know I don't care. Because here's my thing is so this is also because when I lived in France, I remember uh, the guy. So again, my ex. Um, he came to visit me in Chicago. We were at Walgreens and he walks up to the cashier and the cashier is like, Hey, how are you doing? And my ex turns and looks at me like somebody just smacks his mother. And in French, he's like, what's going on? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, he's asking me how I'm doing. I'm like, yeah, that's what we do. And he's like, why would you ask me how I'm doing? If you genuinely don't have the time to, for me to answer how I'm really doing right now. So like that was just that. So that's something culturally that I picked up when I was in France, where I'm like, you don't actually ask somebody how you're doing unless you want to sit down and hear about their entire day. So I was like, and that's not what that call is for. I <laughs> so, mean, you might you might occasionally get somebody that's just gonna spill their guts, but hey, you better but, hold space. That, yeah, you better hold space. Yeah, you better be prepared if you're gonna ask that question. Yeah, you have to be really prepared. So yeah, so I um yes, it's like right, hey, like. Hey, it's Gabrielle from Gong, right? And then you, re- you know, how are you doing? You respond. That's the first part. Then it's, uh, hey, I was doing some research. I'm gonna do my three by three. I was doing some research on your company. I saw that you're growing. I saw that you're hiring, and I saw that you're you're leading sales over there. So I thought it makes sense to to, to call you and, and see if you ever heard about what we deliver. Have you? Have you? No. Oh, okay, cool. Can I can I give you my my 27 second pitch? Cool. All of that is a minute and a half, at least. And most of the time, these 27 pitch, twenty-seven second pitches are not 27 seconds. Yeah. They're much longer than that. So I'm like, already, we've delayed our time to having a conversation by two minutes when we could have launched into the conversation after the first, like after, after the 20th or 30th second, right? So now we have a minute and a half, of what I call kind of a wasted real estate. Mm. And what so do you like, see? Like, how long are these these like first time, first call, cold calls? Like, how much time are people typically giving giving them talk? If you're wasting that real estate, like, how much time do you have? Like, on average, and mm-hmm. so how much? I'm just curious. How much time are you like, getting? 
Yeah, I was going to say, you probably, what, get like five, five, six minutes if you're lucky. So you're wasting half your time, almost half your time. Mm Mm-hmm. If not more. So, yeah, yeah. And um, and, and I think there's there's one more piece that I'll, I'll kind of share here, which is because uh, I do hear people have concerns and I'm working with sales development reps. There are people who are super early on, right? Might mm-hmm. not have a lot of experience. And I think for like that experience can can lead to increased confidence in whatever you're doing and in trying new things. So what I hear from folks is like, uh, oh man, I almost forgot where I was going with it. But they're like, a, I think they're just, they're just a, I forgot where I was going with this, sorry. But they're like, just like afraid of, of, of trying some, it's like one part afraid of trying something new, but maybe even afraid of like not knowing what to do in the conversation. And I guess this all goes back to Katie's point of like, if you're afraid of what you, of, of how you're going to sound and that's what's keeping you from making cold calls or keeping you from actually launching into the conversation very quickly, then you were never actually focused on helping out that person, right? Yeah. You're, you're in it for yourself. And that's where that's the first piece where you get mis- messed up. Yeah, you're already in a in a losing mindset right out the gate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gabrielle, it's fantastic having you on. This was a lot of fun. Uh, thank you so much. Any final thoughts? What do you want to let folks know? What are we going to include in the show notes for them? All that good yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, a couple show notes. One piece. Number one, I think like you have to like, get over yourself. That's a, that's the first part, and one part of it is like you gotta let go of the self or let get over the self, the part of you that is so focused on I need to be perfect, I need to look good, right? Or or the the, mm-hmm. the part of you that isn't willing to do the work required to get to that next level. Like let yourself grow, let your literally just let yourself grow, let yourself learn, let yourself be open to just not knowing the answers because from there you can actually get a lot more done. Um, I think that's going to really be like the, the the hit home for me. That's the mindset of a sales hustler. And the second part that I'll share, um, the things that I'm really excited about or that I'll, I'll promote right now is uh, the Women in Sales Clubhouse that I'm running alongside Alexi Mudwar, who's a major AE or major accounts AE over at Displayer. Um, we have been, yeah, we've been running this Women in Sales Clubhouse room for the past few months. Very much uh, a space focused on having conversations to advocate and empower women, but it's also not just a space for only women, right? Like we have male contributors who are there almost every single week. Like we love having men there to, um, to participate in the conversation, to ask questions and to share their perspectives. Um, and we also recognize like, hey, this can't be just a siloed conversation amongst the genders. It has to be something that's integrated. So like those are the things, or that's one. So where can thing. they find out more about that? So, okay, so go into Clubhouse, Women in sales, right? Or follow me, Gabrielle Blackwell. The like disastrous is like my clubhouse name. Or Alexine Moudoir. Uh, we also have a LinkedIn page now uh, called Women in Sales Club. So feel free okay. to, to check us out there. All right, we'll drop the we'll drop the uh, Women in Sales Club link in the show notes as well as your LinkedIn as well. Thanks so much for coming on. Really had a fantastic time talking with you. And if you enjoyed today's episode. Write us a review, share it with your friends, and as always, we're listening for your feedback. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out, and if you feel that you are ready, set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. 
I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.